heard of Hamlin Square. Have I been there? I don't know. So home. Hmm? It's a village in the northwest mm -hmm. called Home. Home. Hmm. Home. Cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home. Home. Yeah. Home. Home. It's true. Um, it's actually in Makapari State. Hmm. If I want to go home now, it's a first four. Oh, she's from there. It's rural, okay. it's not far from Pretoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where I was born. Mm -hmm. That's where I grew up, that's where I went. And how was young Ngene? If I had to go to someone and be like, describe her when she was younger. Uh, my mother was a domestic worker. She was also young when we still stayed in school. Um, went to the primary school in the village, went to the secondary school in the village. Like I say, it was somebody knew somebody. So my grandmother was in the village. Mm -hmm. You know, when you know, when you go to the village, you go and fetch water at the river. Yeah. You do chores, you know. You have to make fire and cook meals to cook your own thing. So you knew that when you come from school, you need to go to the river to fetch water, come back and wash the pot so that your sister can cook your responsibilities, dishes. Yeah. Washing dishes. I never good at these things, but uh, we did that. Okay. So during your school years, did you ever do sports? Teachers thought I was very tall and very thin. And when you look at me walking, you think I'm too soft. So they didn't think I'm they, they thought I was too soft to be picked up for any sport. It's only when I got to varsity that people started looking like are you really gonna score in netball because no never played any sport ever. Really? Never. Because like, this is like my first assumption and I reach, I'm like, yeah, netball no. vibes. <laughs> when I go to Varsity. Mm. You know when kids tease you when you grow up, you don't think of these things. Yeah. And there was no exposure in those to them. Oh, it was a village, like very rural. Yeah. Still, it's still rural, but it's a better 
refer to the 70s when you were growing up there. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up in Makapas Dutch. My voice is not too soft. And my voice is not too soft. No, no, no. But people complain about me. Even in the Why? I tend to speak soft. Like even in place I've worked at they always complain in the No. Okay. You I think I've learned to project my voice with time. Mm-hmm. But I, I I, I go back to my comfort zone. Yeah. Speaking soft. Yeah. For, for, for me, a middle. Oh. <laughs> that, that, that's how a person should be. Like, they should be in between. Loud enough so you can hear, but soft enough so you. Yeah. There's a middleness. Because I think people like when they say you should project your voice or make your voice louder. People, what do you want? Hmm? When I'm yeah. too soft, it's I'm yeah. too soft. Yeah. When I'm projecting, I'm loud. What do you mm-hmm. want? Yeah. So, uh, no, no, no. Okay. no, no, no. Yeah. You just narrow, and oh, you, you cool like that. You cool like that. That's good. So, in tertiary, what did you study? I did social sciences. Majored, majored in sociology and psychology. Okay. And why those two studies? So having grown up in like a very rural area, mm-hmm. my first option was being a social worker. That's what people, you know. My first option was being a social worker. My second option was being a teacher. Oh, okay. And, and at that time, my cousin was studying medicine in Medunsa. Mm. At first, you know how we never used to apply. <laughs> so then I, I I applied at the teachers' college uh, close by. They didn't take me. So the following year, took it upon himself to apply. Yeah. He was doing applications and sending everywhere, everywhere. Then so brought these forms. Mm. It was really con- he was really concerned. He didn't want me to because I stayed one year after matriculation. Oh, okay. So he comes and says, "So what do you want to do?" I said, "I says you have to give two options." And I said, "I want to be a social worker next, a teacher." Then he says, "Don't be a social worker because social workers are not distributed." Can be. But with social sciences, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it. He said to me, can be a researcher, you can be what? And I did it. I did social sciences, my first job was as a researcher at the SNBC. Oh my god. Yeah. I listened. I remember when. Where, where, where after registration, a few weeks later, there's what they call change of courses day. Mm-hmm. And people who were so they would take you know, like, you know, you want to do medicine, but then they take you for BSc. Oh, okay. okay so, so a lot of 
people who wanted to be social workers working in social science mm -hmm. and change of the, of courses there. <coughs> they were on the queue wanting to go to social work because they were told, where are you going to work? I joined the queue mm -hmm. to change. And it was taking two and I had classes to attend, but then I reminded myself of what my cousin said. And I left the queue. I didn't change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't change. Mm -hmm. I didn't go with the flow because I was going, I was changing because I was going with the flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And where did you study in particular? So I grew up doing apartheid mm -hmm. in Bukitatwana, in the area of Bukitatwana. Mm -hmm. During apartheid, there was a bunch of things. Yeah. There was Transkai, Siskai, Bukitatwana, Pandabele, you know, those Lihua, Kazuna, Kazulu, yeah. So I grew up in Bukitatwana, which is now mostly now forest. Mm -hmm. Then there's a university there. It used to be called University of Bukitatwana, named after the country. Mm -hmm. But now it's the University of Midwest in Mafike. I went to school in Mafike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. And like, how was the un university life? How, how did you find university life? It was. First time I stayed away from home, it was not easy at first. Um, you suddenly exposed to all sorts of personalities. Some kids come from rich families. Some went to Model C schools and they speak English through their Model Cs. Some have got money, they've got the latest fashion that we don't have. Mm -hmm. So you tend to yeah. yeah. That was my first years in university. And how did you like maintain your focus? It was not easy. I felt badly in the first year. And I kind of picked up after that. Oh, so I wanted to, I had to finish, I needed to finish. Mm. So I had to work hard and I finished, not on record time, but I finished. How, how long was your... Five years. Oh. So because, the, remember I failed, probably mm. past two courses in the first year. Yeah. Then I had to repeat most of the courses, it's almost like I was starting afresh. Yeah. So... I can't remember what happened. The last, the fifth year, I, I was only doing two courses. One or two courses, I can't remember. I was just done. I, was, I just needed those two courses to graduate. Oh, same with me as well. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with me as well. The only, the only thing I was missing, I think, was English. What did you do? English. I did a, a BA uh -huh. in English and Communication. Where? Go University College. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Then 
my my first year because Kikinika, I made a diploma, mm. so the like high certificate from high certificate, you can do your BA or your degree, mm. and then I did my high certificate, passed very well, mm. got into my degree, and I'm like yo. This is really high. Yes, you want know. Mm. Yeah. And then made it through. And then I think my second year, because the degree had psychology in it, and I didn't want psychology. I felt like I was becoming a doctor. Why? Like I, 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 I feel like. Back then and that even time. Now, now, even now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I believe that you're going to be a teacher. You need psychology. No. You don't do child psychology. You do not deserve to stand in front of kids. Mm-hmm. Hence, you find certain teachers treating children so horribly, not realizing that they're damaging the child. Exactly. So why why if you're going to deal with people, do psychology? At the time, I didn't realize. So that you, you understand the impact of interaction yes, and certain ma'am. behaviors. Exactly. Hmm. It's only like my last year, my two last years, oh. and then when I eventually began working, I was like, okay, psychology is a car in life, you know what I'm saying? But then back then I was like, nah. And then also our lecturer, like, he just made it even worse. I was just like, I am not, like, I'm not here to be a doctor. <laughs> like, guys, no, this is serious. <laughs> like, like, and every time when he stepped into the room, like, he spoke in, it either does, like, psycholo- psychological terms, that Sometimes he he will refuse to break down. Funny enough, tough as I found stuff, psychology was not really lucky. I could I could I enjoyed hearing those terms for the first time. Or maybe you know how how university students are we start labeling people. <laughs> So you can practice uh, what you learn. Yeah, they're all inspired. That's true, true. Everyone is a narcissist, too self-centered. So you could use those words easily. Exactly. Yeah, those things. Um, but then, so that's why I went to varsity. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, fast forward. Ngela is now working as a researcher for the SAPC. How are those years like? It was, it was very nice. Um, I feel like no level of university can train you for any job. So I, I had to be taught how to do things. Those days you didn't even have computers, so you, you had to you had to be taught how to yo like those things. But eventually I caught up, and it was very nice. I mean, it was in nineteen ninety four when I started working there. 
Oh. And it was fun. We were doing this character first program in the evening. Uh-huh. It was fun. One day, it's President Mandela coming to the studio. Then one day, there is Premier of Gauteng coming mm-hmm. to the studio. One day, he saw and so so. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. That exposure. Did you ever take pictures? In 1994. Oh, no. no. Remember, there were no phones in 1994. No, there weren't phones. Phones came around. Were there cameras at least? When I came, when I, when I left the SABC in June 1999, I had a phone. Picture quality. They, they were, we wouldn't even save the pictures anywhere. It was like, like mm. it was not a pictures erection. It was not a pictures erection. There are people who have got print. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody has got my picture somewhere because I mean, when the president comes and the photographers taking photos. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like a whole lot of people that I met back then, and I know somebody has got a picture somewhere, but who we don't know. <laughs> yeah. And and what have you learned throughout that journey about yourself? What is one thing like, yo, I didn't know like I could do this, but then this one lesson has carried you throughout and almost like created a pattern for you that you even still use today. Repeat your question. What is one lesson that you've learned through the years mm. that has created like a pattern mm. and that you still use today? What is that one lesson you're like, okay? For me, when you're given a chance, mm. use it and do your part, do mm. your work and stay focused. I, I, at that time, I got into the SABC very easily. It was mm. very easy for me to get that job. But after having looked for a job for eight months, mm. but I got in there easily. But then once I got there, I was like, yo, I need to. Because they gave me a freelance. I was like, you must take me there, man. So you do, you do your job. Even if they make you, when you get to a place make you do things that you don't agree with that you think they should be done by somebody else just do it because mm. you never know who's looking or who's watching you see that's true you never know oh, you know and you might even like it but they're making you do you see mm-hmm. yeah and 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 once you start working you you start getting exposed to things and then you start you know, from what you thought you wanted to be when you applied to university, start refining that thing. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, now that my qualification helped me to get here, this one is specialist. Mm-hmm. Should I go and study further around this? Yeah, well. mm-hmm. but you know, when you get an opportunity, don't, don't, don't waste it. That's, that's where I currently am right now. It's like, yeah, don't waste the opportunity. Don't waste the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't waste don't. it. 
we did not have internships then. There were internships. People who got internships mm. were. I remember when I was in university, teachers used to do practicals during, mm. during school holidays, during varsity holidays. Necessary for the hospital. You know, things like that. Mm. Who did the homes go to private companies and work during holidays when mm. open? They have got all the cash because they were not getting paid when they still have profess. Mm. You know? Ah. So that was tough. That was hard to say. When I, when I started working in Jobek, I was living in Hillbrow, but Hillbrow was livable then. Mm. It was a good place to be. Hillbrow, Yorville, what is it now? It's something else. Mm. So it's like it's almost 30 years now. Mm. I lived for the Yoga 94, 95. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And how was that shift from Mahiking to Jove? Fortunately, my mother was well, I told my mother was a domestic worker. Mm -hmm. I had always gone to Jove. School holidays, we would go and spend two weeks in Yana. Christmas. Yeah, Bob? Mm -hmm. I always knew Jobek. We go maybe once a year to Jobek to visit. I, I knew a little bit about it, so mm -hmm. it was not a total shocker. Um, yeah. So, mm. working was a totally different thing. I think. The fact that I moved away from home to go stay in university, mm -hmm. it kind of helped me. So it was not the first time I moved, um, I was staying exposed to a completely new environment. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was a bit shy. Um, yeah. Next time I behave. Okay. I'm going to go to the is it one or two friends in Lincolnshire? I had one friend who still friends. We met in 1994. Quiet, soft. It was a birthday yesterday, so I called her. People, people called us snobs. <laughs> and, and, I, and I always like, what? Snob. A village girl. <laughs> No, it's because we're comfortable with one another. Yeah. And yeah, we felt secure in each other's company. Mm. Mm. And we still live. We it's just immediately after the elections in 1994, the first mm. postal birthday elections. So when they speak to, they want to speak to me now. And then they sit in the office and they smoke a man with a pipe in the office. Yeah. Before the, uh, the anti smoking law was passed. That's what we were supposed to. That was rough. It was quiet. Remind your business. The way you open it. SMSU was a fun place to start working at because then you're exposed to too many. Yeah. Um, 
things and too many people, nini, nini, the soccer stars coming to the studios to be interviewed. Nini, nini, the South Africa. I work at this ABC in the year that Basitana Kumalo had won in South Africa. And like, you would see these people coming, even if you, they're not coming to do interviews in your section, but you see them there. Yeah, both. Yeah. Of all sorts of people. So, that's very interesting. That was very interesting. And then your journey fast forward working for GCIS. How did you enter GCIS? How did you discover? So I never really knew GCIS existed. So mm-hmm. first I left I left SABC when they started ETV mm-hmm. ENCA. I applied for a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it and I moved to Cape Town. I was earning very little then. Mm-hmm. And they were giving me more than fifty percent, more than fifty percent increase on my salary. So and it was not really affording me a lot, it just afforded me accommodation and food. <laughs> That's it. So I left in nineteen ninety nine and Went to work at the SABC, but three months I I realized I don't like the company, and I saw a job ad in Parliament. So while I was at the SABC, I saw a course going to of Stellenbosch. Okay. And uh, in my broken English, I wrote to head of news. To do this course, it was a one-year program for they call they call it a postgraduate diploma in social research, parliamentary research and social research networks. Mm-hmm. I wrote a letter asking for assistance, the accommodation I applied. After I saw it in the newspaper. And the manager said, yeah, take a shot. So, so I needed to be in Stellenbosch attending classes for a month. Got me a flight ticket, account accommodation, guest house. We shared in a room, stayed there for a month, came back. Two years later, got my certificate. Then I went to ETV. Found that I don't like ETV. Three months, couple much. Parliament apply at the time. Remember, I started in April, in February, in March. Mm-hmm. Nothing much. They advertised the post. Parliamentary research. I was like, I did the course that said <laughs> parliamentary research. That was in 1999. June? July. June or July. The code before an interview. Mm-hmm. September was starting in Parliament. So, it was a smooth transition from ETV. I stayed to ETV for February, March, April, May, June, July, August, seven months. And I got a job and it paid much, 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 much better. Much better than I even bought myself a car. Oh, God. Hmm. I got there in 20. In 1999, September, hmm. the following year, I bought myself a car. 
Yeah. What were you rolling in the time? Eh? What were you rolling in the time? Polo pole plier. Eh? A polo plier that a 1.4 polo plier, they did not have a radio, they did not even have, they didn't have a radio. It's just a car. Yeah. My first car. Eh? That's interesting. Yeah. And, and also seeing your skills as well and how you transitioned. Because most of the time when like people apply for jobs or when they have to think about jobs, it's like, ah, I have to stay here for X amount of years yeah. and then do this and then, yeah. no. No, that one, that one, when I came back, when I started in Parliament in September mm-hmm. and I came home for Christmas holidays and then when I left home in January to go back, I said, I'm going to find a travel school. I got there, January started my driving licenses after Easter went for a test past May month later for the car. <laughs> it was yes, that fast. It wasn't that fast. Yeah. And I had a car. It was in what? May May, June. December I was driving from Cape Town to home home Magapan start. That's a good can you imagine? Look. Driving all the way, 1,600 kilometers or so, rocking mm. up in Northwest uh, with a CA registration. Yes. Eh? <laughs> I'm sure your grandmother was like, yeah. My sister. My grandmother, first, my paternal grandmother died, I think, when I was working at the service in 1997. Mm. And then my maternal grandmother died in 1999 when I started working at the at ETV. Oh. Yeah, I was at ETV when I started working. Oh, but she didn't even know like yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Then how did I transition to GCRS? I got tired of Cape Town. It was far. People would die, and I wouldn't have money to buy tickets to come home. People would get married, I wouldn't have money to buy a ticket to come home. And I was like, me, I'm going home. She says I advertised a job, which was on the same level with the job that I had in Parliament. Mm-hmm. I applied, they flew me, I came, they got impressed, I got a job. And I've been here since 2002. June. So last year I was 20 years in GCRS. You did 20 years? Last year, June 1920. Yeah. And then, and then how was that realization? Like, ah, oh, yeah, no. How, how was that realization of like, I'm doing 20 years? It feels like you've been here before, you've seen all the changes, mm. and you also feel like some change that you can also, you know, change jobs go somewhere as well. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Now, in that 20 years, you developed a friendship with whom I call my mother-in-law, but she's not really my mother-in-law, Miss Sadia. Miss Sadia. So, now that friendship, how did that friendship start? So, we were, when I joined, 
she was on maternity leave with her first yeah her first birth. and then so by the time she came back i was there so we were on the same level with another german lady they had mm. been working together so well, they, were, like, they were they really welcomed me so nicely so we developed mm. a, we developed a friendship together we would walk to because we were still in town, we'd walk to Woolworths to get lunch. Yeah. You know. Ah. And I was staying too close. I was staying close to her house as well at some point. Yeah. So yeah. We worked together. We so much fun working together. Then over the years, what do you think Mansadia has learned from you? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it does not have to be work related because she has she left mm-hmm. and she left and went somewhere and came back. But we we, we 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 the two of us talk about cooking a lot. And then I remember she used to bring these muffins and stuff like that and coming from Cape Town mm-hmm. Muslims we call they call Cape Malays mm-hmm. in Cape Town those people cook and those people bake like they're like <laughs> why don't you buy flour and bake your own yeah now she bakes all her children's birthday parties, <laughs> birthday, birthday cakes. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why she does. I can't even bake a cake. <laughs> because yeah. she also said, like, you got her into that tradition of, like, baking. Yeah. It's like, yeah, mother, why are you wasting money if flour is cheaper? Exactly. Like, um, yeah, I go, like. Yeah, you can buy, but not, not all the time. You can't do that if you want some. Make it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then that way I guess you 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 love the thing that you're making at the end of the day. Like, oh yeah. yeah. All of my hard work. Yes. It's in this thing that I've created. But also you, you you become your own critic and go like, no. When I was first introduced to this thing, it was not looking like this or it was not tasting like this, so I have to improve. Uh-huh. Yeah. Chin, chin, chin. And then the pandemic hits, and then Austin KD decides to go to culinary school. No. Or was it the decision before? came first. Oh, okay. The decision came first um, because I had always wanted to go do some classes, mm-hmm. cooking classes, for years, because I've always liked cooking. And then I found this culinary school and they checked it out and I found that they've got part-time classes. Mm-hmm. They've got a one-year professional chef program. And I had some money at that time and they said, okay, you can pay in terms if you want to or you can start paying now by the time classes start in March you should be finished so they don't charge you interest mm. so I paid them half in 2019 
2020 COVID when we started, we needed to start classes. It was in March COVID started, mm-hmm. and it missed everything. Totally, we were supposed to do classes that year. By June, we were supposed to go to go to industry for training, and then November we were supposed to graduate. Mm. We couldn't even do classes at first. And yeah, then eventually we managed to do to start going to classes. We really enjoyed it. Then started only at the end of the year. Started industry and and also a lot of restaurants had closed because of COVID. So it was very yeah. difficult to get placement. But I found one for myself. Worked at this Italian restaurant. That November, December came back in January because I needed to complete certain hours. Mm-hmm. And they said, "We can't take you anymore. You're busy." So I found another one. In Brooklyn. Okay. So, third day in April. I worked until about June. I would go there after work. Um, so I work. After work, I go to the gym, shower, change into my uniform, go to work, go to the restaurant. Wake up until ten o'clock at night, then go home. Even coming out of school, we used to finish because you would start class at first five, mm-hmm. and then you normally hit the road couple time because they they drill you go to school. After you cook, you have to clean. Yeah, you have to wash all, and at the time you cooked gas seven pots and you used everything that was at your station and it's dirty on the tops on the stove and on the floor you have to clean it up but by the time we leave there it's after 10 already so we did classes twice a week uh, no so so the decision to go there came first uh, and at first i was gonna do a small three months thing uh, and i discovered the one year program i was like that's the one I'm going for. That's the one that you're aiming for, eh? Yeah, so I graduated last year in August, in July, in mm-hmm. November. <laughs> I know, I lie. I graduated. Graduated, I'll tell you now. Graduated in November twenty twenty one. That's when I graduated. Not so long ago, not so long ago. Yeah. 
And how was that? Like, how did you celebrate? How did you decide to celebrate? We were still in COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that graduations were happening. I found out two days before. And I took a day off. Took leave. And one of my classmates who was not graduating came with me. Mm-hmm. And then after that we went to a restaurant. <laughs> and we couldn't even do anything. We couldn't, we just couldn't do anything. Um, we were wearing masks. For that COVID is near, but then it also brings a lot of joy. Yeah. Like, at least we lived after you feel like, huh? Yeah. Yes, it's over. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And during your cooking time, what cooking technique do you absolutely love now? That like you didn't like then, like this technique I call Mara now you're like look at me. Not necessarily didn't love because I've always loved cooking. Mm-hmm. Now I enjoy cooking all types of meats, all types of food, I mean to say. Mm-hmm. I could never do fish properly without it falling into pieces. Oh, yeah. yeah. I learned how to do, learned how to do it properly. I learned how to fry, to do my meat properly, fry my meat properly. Okay. I don't buy salad dressings anymore. Yeah. I make, make your my, own. Make my own salad dressings. I make sauces. Yeah. What's the difference between like margin, a, a thick sauce and like a thin sauce? Depends what you're making with the sauce. So pasta, no? Mm-hmm. It depends on the shape of the of the pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, for for thin pasta like with spaghetti and stuff like that, mm-hmm. apparently the sauce must be thick so that it can coat your pasta nicely. But for the shells, the bigger... Yeah, your linguine. The... Not even linguine. Linguine is almost like spaghetti, I guess. Oh, okay. The shells. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, well. Yeah. Um, you need a, a, it needs to be lighter, a little bit dry, so that if in a little corner, the sauce can go into... Oh. Mm. And then, like... What is the one thing like that you have to make sure when creating a sauce? Because like obviously when I sit on TV, mm. like for example, if you mix your yolks, for example, like the sauce must not split. Otherwise, oh yeah. Anyway, the other thing technique that I learned. Mm-hmm. I. I've always been fascinated with the use of knives in the kitchen. And that's the first thing they teach you. 
holding the knives. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with sauces, it depends on the sauce that you're making. Mm -hmm. Your creamy sauces, ne? Mm -hmm. I thought that you have to put flour in your cream so that it thickens. Candy, your the cream thickens on its own. Oh. Yes. Okay. It thickens on its own. Um, unless if you're making. Can I put some that sauce? The ones that you start with, the, like with the cheese sauces. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheese sauces, like we start like a butter, flour, then you start adding milk and then your cheeses let's say oh, you yeah. want to do uh, what do they call it mac and cheese yeah yes those ones you start with um body i learned that if you're gonna add cream you add it at the end just before you remove from the from the fire so oh, it doesn't okay. split and if you're making an egg-based mm -hmm. sauce, like a, your hollandaise sauce mm -hmm. for your breakfast, you, you can't, shouldn't burn your egg. Yeah. So if you have that sauce here, butter, cosite, whatever, mm -hmm. and then the egg has been beaten on the side, you introduce it in like a stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But while mixing, right? Yes, while mixing. And then also, you don't do it on the fire. You do it ap apart from the fire, right? You, you, they call it a double boiler. So you put water in a pot, and then you come with a bowl in a steel, just a steel bowl. Mm -hmm. Then the, your, your bowl must not touch the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're cooking uh, the heat, just Oh yeah, it's almost like you're melting chocolate, right? That's how you do it. Yeah. So, so, so as soon as your your sauce, if it's hollandaise, as soon as it, it coats the back of your spoon, it's and then you can put when you do. Yeah. It's like when you're making custard, homemade custard. Yeah, yeah. It's the same principle. When when if you do, you run your finger. Yeah. You line it. Yes. Then it's ready. If you don't stop there, okay. if you don't stop there, okay. then you're making scrambled egg. Okay. You're making, you must remove it. Otherwise, you're making scrambled egg. Yeah. Mm. Then that's quite interesting. Mm. There's a lot of techniques. I've learned that you're going to be making it too. You're not going to start by boiling it. Really? No. Because the, the, the taste is going to seep into the water. Is that oh, why so trying that's it That's why my briar peel, right? So that you seal the Ooh. inside. Then when you're going to cook it, put your fire on high and it's rapid volume. <laughs> no. Slow. Delicate. Yes. Delicate. Yeah. I mean, I, I had I, I even learned 
how to cook chicken breast. I used to hate chicken breast. <laughs> I don't eat chicken anyway. But I can cook a chicken breast for you a bit juicy. Oh gosh. Because you know it's it's how we used to cook things that was wrong. Yeah. And then by the time you chew into that breast, it's <laughs> tough, yo. Yeah, so I learned how to do meat properly, how to cook fish properly, um, how to do sauces, a whole lot of things. Oh my gosh. Hmm. But the ones that you highlighted. Even eggs. I mean, that class is so. They, they, they will teach you how to do, how to fry an egg, how to do an omelette, how to scramble an egg, how to do. How to poach an egg and how to do hollandaise from an egg. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And a little bit of plating that they teach, but your plating you need our own, own creativity. You don't have it, you don't have it. Do, do you have that creativity of plate? <laughs> so it's always, I try, but it's always messy. I give myself five out of five out of ten for plating. <laughs> it's it's got a long way to go. It's got a long way to go. Mm. So, from that journey, how then would you tell young people, people in general, mm. like how to go for their dreams? Because it doesn't be your dreams. You achieved it, graduated. It's it's no. never too late. To go for your dream. If you say I wanted to learn to play piano, mm. like you were getting excited when I was doing it. <laughs> if you want to learn to play a piano, but you needed to secure your future first. Mm -hmm. Secure your future, and when you're done, save money, go for your piano lessons. Yeah, if you if you if you desperately want it, work hard to get it. Yes, ma'am. At first, when I started working, like coming from that village, not exposed to you know, people didn't have cars and stuff like that. And this friend that I was telling you about was like, I'm going for driving school. Driving school. What are you going to buy a car with? Like yeah. it was me. Like, I used to go into a restaurant, you go to a restaurant, you get money, you have money to go to, like, things were, like, falling and, like, and that's gradually, so, so, so the, the, the problem with kids these days is that um, they, the one things now, mm. I started working in 1994. But I only went for my driver's license, license in the year 2000. Mm. Okay. And I only bought my townhouse in 2001. The first townhouse. The one thing I want. And, and at that time, we couldn't, I couldn't even afford a weekend away. Home, bath, guy. I couldn't. But with time, it's as you progress in life, and people want position, you want you want the promotion, and you want it now. Are you ready for that promotion? Are you mm -hmm. are you ready for the responsibility that comes over? And are you ready for the money? Because that's why people get frustrated. You want to go into a position that you're not ready for. That's why mm -hmm. public service in, introduced this thing. Like how you have to have been in this position for so many years before you go. 
I think it would be in a position for six months and then the next day into another position. You're not effective in that position, but you want to go to another position, a higher position. Uh, I think I'm patient. I'm yeah, not very patient. Very patient. That's true. It's the love of money. It does come eventually. If we put our mind to it and be yeah. patient. Yeah. And, and show up.
you know when you when you young you tend to listen to people a lot and, and people can discourage you don't listen to anyone saying you can't do anything never listen to anybody until when you try it yourself don't, don't listen to anybody I'll definitely take that what are what are you grateful for I'm I'm grateful for all the people who made it possible for me to be where I am now I'm grateful that even though my mother was a domestic worker she managed to take me to school I'm grateful for my cousin who went and applied himself yeah and brought the forms for me for me to complete i'm grateful for him i'm grateful for my cousin other cousin who said when i was after i graduated come and stay with me in, in, in Hillbrook and look for a job because i met the person who took my cv and took it to the SABC and i got the job Mm. So I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of people. I'm grateful for people like Bosadia when I got to GCIS, I didn't know much and they showed me how to do things, you know. I'm grateful for my parents who, when I'm, I need something, they are there. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my boss who, when I started doing the job, now the one that I'm doing, he was patient enough with me to show me how to do things. And the people that I work with, uh, I'm grateful for them because when you have to do work, they get on to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, everyone around me, basically. Yeah. And then now, what is, what is the one important lesson that your spirit has taught you about yourself. Your spirit or your your soul, in other words. I saw that question. I don't know whether I understand it. Okay. For example, with me, uh, my spirit has taught me that I can conquer anything that I put my mind to. And as long as I make small steps. Mm. and small commitments mm. to get there i will get there eventually okay so with me i i always tell me tell myself that i i am what i am or i am where i am because god made it possible and I don't have certain things probably because God knew that I was not going to manage them. Yeah. So I accepted things. Uh, you know, they have got. You know, people that I went to school with. People that travel with me. And that's all. They never went anywhere. But they have kids that want to have, you know, they have children, they have families, they are married, mm -hmm. you know, all, all close. 
Yes, ma'am. So I always believe that I don't I don't I don't different personality. I don't know how I was gonna cope uh, in a certain environment or in a certain life. But also mean um I mean when I when I when I when I applied for the job in Cape Town, it was most unbelievable. Yeah. I packed and I left. Yeah. And when I got tired of Cape Town, I applied for the job and I packed and I left. Mm-hmm. Um and I still feel like if I get an opportunity else I'll I'll do the same. I'll go. Yeah. You work, you pack if and I, you if leave. I, eh? You work and you pack and you leave. No, I'll, I'll pack and leave. I, yeah. I, I believe if I were to go live in Cape Town, it would be much better now because I can afford to come home, buy a ticket and come home when there's a need. At the time, I couldn't afford it. I simply couldn't yeah. afford it. Hmm. I couldn't. Hmm. The nice thing about Cape Town was there was a factory shop for everything. <laughs> like everything. There was a factory shop. There were two factory shops. There were like underwear factory shops. Like that's how we lived. What could you speak about? There were factory shops. Then you knew that jeans let me go look for jeans yeah let me find the factory shop oh hmm. there was even 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 with food i knew that i want to check in county fair uh-huh. there's still a factory shop i'll go and then we'll get boxes of chicken nuggets chicken burgers chicken legs for them, and then I'll go to another factory shop and buy cold meats and cheese. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go. Cape Town is very nice. You're walking home and road to you driving home, home and road to in Fisherman next to the road. Yeah, they're just coming from the sea and buy you fish there, you can buy you snook there. They just leave it at home, they run it for you. So you put fish. You yeah. see? Yeah. And there's a townhouse that I bought. I was not living far from a market. So Saturday we go there and there are people outside the market with vegetables and then toilet. So there will be a drum full of onions, tomatoes, green peppers, mm-hmm. and then you go choose your green peppers and go like how much? They go like so that you could negotiate the price. <laughs> <laughs> it was a typical market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, nowadays, there's no negotiation. The price the price. You can still negotiate, depending on where you buy. Sure. sure. So, I've always done that. Yeah. But now, the thing is, you compare prices. And then 
me if you want to buy this TV. And it's 5,000 rands at pick and pay. Game tells you will match the price and they'll send it to you cheaper. So you don't really have to negotiate. They've got yeah. offers anyway. Yeah. Or you wait for it, you know it's going to be on sale at a particular You end up knowing that store has sales every three months. Yeah. <laughs> I know if I want milk from yeah. I wait. <laughs> this two weeks, the special focus is on these things. Mm -hmm. When the two weeks runs, the milk special runs. So I buy my milk. It's how it is. And you buy them can tell No, just can buy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to stay there forever. Yeah. And then when the butcher where I buy meat has got a special, I go there and buy meat. Yeah. It stays in the freezer. Yeah. You see? For some of the things, I, I, don't, I don't buy herbs anymore. Plants my own herbs. We also do that at home now. Yeah. It's yeah. very easy. I don't buy rosemary. I don't buy parsley. Thyme. Thyme. I don't buy I've got oregano as well. And we've got mint also. Mint is irritating. I've got Why? a lot of it. Because it creeps into everything. Oh yeah, that's true. It creeps into everything. I've got I used to when I do Tire changes. I used to leave the tires at the fitment center. Last year I told them, give me my two tires. And then this one, it's so I found a packet. Yeah, hemp mix seeds. So I put about a bag of compost and I put, and I just sprayed those seeds in there and put another layer of soil. I've got a basil in there. I've got, there's a few things that are growing in there. I even <laughs> saw one beetroot. And I've, I saw dill in there. Dill. I've done all sorts of veggie planting. No plant veggies. I plant. Um, I always eat spinach for my garden, but this time it's not doing well. I had, recently I had baby maru. The baby maru was fat. And, and then I can grow fat as well. Oh. Yeah, it was fat. It was big. Uh, the last year I had two, past two years I had pumpkin. Like during COVID. Oh yeah. I had spinach and I Last year I used to bring basil for people. Yeah. It would be so much in there. <laughs> Today I bring for Sadia. Tomorrow I bring for Tasni in there. Yeah. Then the other day I call my neighbor, don't you want basil? Come. <laughs> the other day I make myself pesto with the basil. So, yeah. So, yeah. This, it's it's nice to be able to grow things, you know. And, and and see things how they grow as well. Yeah. Because you never know because some of them are pesticides. Some it's of them they use but wait, I, I do I do do use pesticides mm -hmm. when there's a need. Like recently I would wake up because I had seedlings, I would wake up my seedlings, like all the leaves are gone. 
Then one day, I opened the sprinklers to water the garden. It was just as the sun was setting, and then when I switched off, because it was starting to get, there were snails crawling up there. So these things come out at night and they eat. So I had to go find pesticides. But I was, I was gonna work for them. Yeah, I know. So there's a lot of shells in my garden of dead, <laughs> of dead snails. Um, I plant roses. Yeah, it's a, a lot of work. Also, um, you have to have mini mini water fertilizer, mini mini to spray the pesticides because if you don't. Like now, there's these insects yeah. that they they stop the flower from opening, mm. and you can see that your your tree is sick, your your rose is sick. Mm. So I do I do one of my roses, and they're so pretty. and they're so pretty. Uh, and they blush purple in the house. Yes. Um, I've got different. I need, I need more. I did, I did, I did them as a watch face. They are nice. Um, not bad for a. Yeah. So it's nice to watch things growing that you did yourself. True. True, true. Yeah, it's always I know it will change at its own time. So I did <laughs> I did the roses as my watch face. You get different colours. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, slowly, slowly. The first the first international trip holiday that I did, I was forty. And you're 14 now? I was 14 2009. He looks like you look so young. I was 14 2009. 2009? Yes. No. Mm. You lie. So in two years, if I want to, I can take any time I was staying with my, I went to school in the 70s and then my first job was in 1994. You heard again? Yep. The SABC I joined in 1990 after staying five years in varsity and yeah. a year after my trip before I went to varsity. So mm -hmm. six years after my trip. I could have been a doctor by 1994 if I was a brilliant child. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I was a brilliant child. So yeah, life. You mm. get some. You don't need to get some. 
Not even maintain yourself well. So. Not anymore, Shay. You don't? Well, you look fabulous right now. I you look like. You look fabulous right now. I don't, I don't, I don't look after myself. Um, I look, I used to do 